Hi, and welcome to the Daring to Leap podcast. I'm your host, Lori Phillip. I'm so excited to dive into this week's episode with you. This week, we have a special guest on the podcast. Trang Nujin is here. Trang and I discussed her quarter-life crisis that shifted her career out of the health and fitness industry. And this story starts with a snail. We also discuss how one person can make a big impact and the philosophy that Trang uses that has been making a big difference with her clients called the Thriving Three. Let's dive in. Trang is a mentor and speaker for women who are hungry to pivot careers and build their dream business so they can live out their potential and purpose with freedom and fulfillment. In her mid-20s, Trang expressed a quarter-life crisis that led her to leave the sports industry so she could help women not just as athletes, but as human beings. Now Trang is determined to help others step into their greatest power and thrive in their lives of impact. Because ultimately, she believes that when enough individuals are thriving, then humanity will thrive. And that, and when humanity thrives, then the world can thrive for all forms of life and future generations. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Laurie. And thank you for having me on the podcast. It's an honor to be here. Yes, thank you so much. I'm so excited to get in this conversation with you because you have an interesting career journey. You mentioned in the bio is talking about a bit about a quarter life crisis. So could you take some time and get our listeners up to speed on your career journey? Yeah, absolutely. So my journey has been very interesting, as you've alluded to. I graduated out of high school and university with a master's in physiotherapy. So physical therapy over there where you are. Um, and mm -hmm. I was working in the health and sports industry as a physiotherapist, as a running and strength coach as well. So like full in that field. And although it, it's, it's not a corporate job, it's not nine to five, it was my prof profession out of mm -hmm. school, out of uni. And it's, thought, it's what I thought I was going to do for the rest of my life. It, it, it was something that I was good at. It was something that I was starting to build a name in. It was something that I generally enjoyed. So that was the path that I was going to go down until a few years ago, one morning where something happened that started this, this quarter life crisis that I talk about. And this story is whack. You're not going to expect what happened this morning. But what happened was I went out in the morning to go for a run. And when I step out onto the sidewalk, I hear a crunch. And I'm like, what's that? What's going on? I looked down and I'd stepped on a snail. Oh. Now, this isn't the first time that I've stepped on a snail before. And I'm sure everyone has been in this position before. But for some reason, this particular morning, I couldn't stop thinking about the fact that me doing my own thing, living my own life, I'd caused such an effect on something outside of me. Like in this mm -hmm. case, I had killed something mm -hmm. and I felt guilty. Like I actually felt the weight of the guilt on this run. And as I continued running, it was a long run. I was training for triathlons at the time. So it was like yeah. two hours. I had a lot of thinking time. <laughs> sure. And as I was running, I, I started to ponder on this concept and I started to see the bigger picture of, oh my gosh, I feel so guilty about this one instance. But 
my life in so many ways already neglects many different forms of life. My life already has so many consequences outside of me that I wouldn't previously think about because I wouldn't previously see these consequences that would go beyond me from things that are from choices that I would make, like the plastic that I was using or the clothes that I was wearing and how that would affect, you know, wildlife, how that would affect ecosystems, natural resources, all of these things that we're taught in school and we know, but I never previously cared. Mm-hmm. It, it never was something that I truly understood until this moment. And this started my, my quarter life crisis. This sent me spiraling because I started to see how powerful I was, how much of a footprint I had. Yet at the same time, how small I still was, mm-hmm. how insignificant I was as one person. I could never have as much of an impact as I, I would want to. Like I wanted to change the world overnight now. I wanted to eliminate all of this suffering. I wanted to eliminate all of these worldwide atrocities and problems. But I was here as one person going into the gym on a day-to-day basis, teaching people how to squat, teaching people how to do these like wrist exercises for pain (laughs) to eliminate their pain. And that, and then for me, it, uh, it just wasn't enough anymore. I was just like, mm-hmm. I need to become more. I need to do more. And then that led me to what I'm doing now because at the start, I was like, what should I do? Should I should I volunteer my time? Should I start a non-for-profit? Should I do charity work? Like, how can I do the most altruistic work with my life? Mm-hmm. But then I remember speaking to my mentor and we had this pivotal conversation. Because he was like to me, Trang, I can see you want to help the world. I, want, I can see you want to do as much good as possible. But what's the best way to do this? You know, imagine if you were alive during war times, what's the best way to help the injured soldiers? Is it to, to go on the front lines? Is it to become a nurse or a doctor and work in the hospitals? Or is it actually to take a step back, work behind the scenes, and then end the war? And I was mind blown. I was like, that is it. It's not about treating the symptoms. It's not about stopping the, the last part of, of the, the chain of events. It's about stopping the chain of events from starting in the first place. It's mm-hmm. about ending the war, stopping the war. And I started to see how all of these different problems that I was seeing, whether it was humanitarian issues, environmental issues, animal issues, they're all spokes of the same wheel. And that wheel, to me, how I saw it was lack of human consciousness that, and lack of human connectedness and awareness. And that was what I was experiencing. Like I knew the impact of my life and my lifestyle, but I never truly understood. I never truly cared enough to make a difference in my own lifestyle. So that was it. Like the lack of human consciousness at mass causing this global level devastation they're causing these these consequences that just will continue on for across the globe for future generations as well so for me I was like well that's it I'm my mission is now to raise the levels of human consciousness 
And that's why I do what I do now. I, I work with women in particular to help them pivot, build their dream business of impact so that they can thrive in their life. They can fulfill their purpose, fulfill their potential, thrive, be the best human being that they can. And yeah, ultimately, when, as we, you mentioned before, I believe that when enough individuals thrive, then humanity will thrive. And when humanity thrives, and the world will thrive. What a story, Trini. <laughs> I was sitting here listening to it and thinking about all the zillion questions I had. So you had this moment that changed your perspective and made you really reflect back on your life and what do you want to do and what does that look like? And you spoke with your mentor. And what? how long did it take you to go from that moment to actually shifting out of what you were doing in physical therapy or in the gym situation to actually yeah. leaping out and trying doing your own thing focused in on this new passion? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Like, firstly, absolutely. This whole story is, is such a big thing. Like who knew a snail could change someone's life? That's... But yeah, over this journey, over this quarter life crisis, as I call it, it, it happened organically over time. Like it wasn't that classic fantasy story of, oh my God, I had this light bulb moment and then I just quit everything, dropped everything and then, and then went down this new path. It actually wasn't like that. It took a whole year of me being in limbo, first of all. Yeah, because I was like, I know I want to do more, but what should I do? Yeah. What path should I go down? And then when I did get clarity of what path I should go down, um, when I realized, when I had that pivotal conversation with my mentor, then there were all these other obstacles that came up, such as my fears, fear of the unknown, fear of failure, fear of judgment. What, are, what will other people think of me? What if I don't make it? What if I regret my decision? Like all of these thoughts that just consumed me. So the timeline was at least a year before I even got clarity from the moment that I stepped on that snail to that conversation with my mentor. And then after that, it was, but after, okay, actually what happened was after that, I became so driven, so full of energy to go down this path. I did do things really quick. Like it took me a month to rebrand my current business from sports training to mindset coaching at the time it was one month. But then after that, it was another year of gradually transitioning into full mindset and business and life mentoring, and then gradually dropping out of the sports work. Yeah. It ha and the reason why I asked this question is I feel like I talk about the same kind of themes over and over on the podcast. So for listeners, I'm like, oh, we talk about this. But it's important for people to see that even if you have this epiphany and you have this moment, and it's similar, I had a similar moment in terms of where there was a seed that planted that I saw something about what I was doing with my work that I couldn't unsee. And it changed my perspective. And ultimately, it was a seed of an idea that wouldn't go away. And so I ended up 
taking took me a year and to figure it out because you don't just most of the time you don't just see something and then you can just shift quickly and then all of a sudden you have this amazing business and it's perfect and everything's great it's such a journey and the journey piece of it is important all the stuff where you're saying all the fears that came up all the limiting beliefs all of that stuff has to get addressed it, yeah. it it can't just fall off on its own. It's stuff that's in there that needs to be worked on. And so it yeah. it is such so, so a big part of the process that we can't just overlook it and just look at the, the end result and be like, wow, this is great. Uh, the whole time, right? It, 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 you can't yeah. just gloss over it, basically, is what I'm trying to say. Exactly. And like not even... Not even just that, not even working through our own shifts of our identity and our beliefs and our lifestyle and all of those things, which takes time. But even the fact that when we do go through a pivot like this, a lot of us are doing so because of us, in, in some ways, we, we want to create a new mission for ourselves. Like that was me, right? Like I was taking on this mission where I wanted to change the world like and I still do like I, I want to I see a world where forests are greener oceans are bluer like cities are full of people who are healthy and joyful and loving and this is not a small mission no it's and not I had to recognize this actually I, I had to recognize this recently and remind myself of this actually and give myself permission that this is going to take time and it's okay because this is such a mission where it, like we're, I'm wanting to break like generations of embedded ways of thinking, like generational like wounds and traumas and like that's going to take time. Like the magnitude of this mission is is literally changing the way that cities of people are currently living. And yeah, like it, if it were simple, then sure, it can be done in a few weeks. Sure, it can be done in a few months. But this is a worldwide mission and it's going to take a lifetime. And that's okay. Yeah, happen, yeah. It have to happen right now. And I was thinking about when you were just talking about that, that the the mission is so big but i i also love this idea that you can work with one person and change their whole world by just working with that one person and that that is all of the world of difference for that person and their whole the rest of their life and so the macro perspective slowly shifts but we can make these like small but impactful changes with with people yes. and in our own lives and our own circles of influence like my family I can create impact in every day and so there yeah although it's almost like what you were saying around the significance of your impact and the insignificance of being one person it's that dichotomy of yeah in in a lot of ways we we make such a big impact, especially locally, 
within our our lives but the 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 broader impact is it takes time and I'm glad you have the perspective that it's okay that it's going to be a lifelong journey for you Mm. and thank you for bringing that up Laurie because yeah, I am talking about this really big mission and that can seem so far away and so intimidating. But absolutely, in order to come back down to earth and in order for me to not be so overwhelmed and feel empowered in my role, yeah, it all starts with every small interaction and every choice that we make day to day. We can work with one person and change the world for them. And they can then go on and spread that ripple effect. And that takes the pressure off our hands. It's not all in our hands, but we can do our part. And even the little things like um, I, and this is going a little bit off topic, but in terms of like serving our mission, serving, serving the world, it doesn't even have to be through work. Like for me, going for a walk and picking up some litter, giving someone a compliment, being that little bit extra patient with a family member, like that is going to spread the energy of love and patience and connectedness that will mm-hmm. ultimately change the, the the way that people show up. Yeah, it, it, it's so important because I think when we think about these big, hefty missions, a lot of a lot of people, including myself at times, feel like it's too much for me to mm. to deal with. And so I love that the idea of the power of the really small things that are actually not that small. They can make a big impact and they're within our control. And that's what I I like to focus my energy on knowing that it does have that ripple effect. Yeah. Well, well I'd like to maybe shift topics a little bit with you Trang and talk about something I know you love to talk about, which is the thriving 3. Can you tell our listeners what the heck is the Thriving Three? (laughs) And we can kind of go through it. Yeah, for sure. So the Thriving Three is the backbone of my mentoring and how I approach helping others to thrive. And how I landed on this is is a bit of a story as well, because it was it was formulated organically over time through my experiences and my observations. So at the very start, like I mentioned, I was working in the sports industry. I was a personal trainer, first and foremost, as a 19-year-old, fresh out of school, I was helping others with their exercise, with their health and fitness. And naturally, in doing that, I was working people in the physical dimension, right? Like helping them mm-hmm. with their physical health and helping them take physical action to create changes in their results. But then I started to notice a bit of a pattern. And I remember there was a moment where I I noticed two of my clients who had the exact same goals, therefore the exact same program that I'd given them, the exact same training program, they were getting very different results. Mm -hmm. One of them would be getting fantastic results. She was getting stronger. She was getting fitter. The other one was quite stagnant, wasn't getting any progress. And I was like, what's going on here? Like, they've got the exact same program. I'm telling them to do the same thing, but, but they're not on the same journey. Like, they're, they're, they're getting very different levels of progress. And I noticed the difference between these two clients was not in what they were doing as much, but in what was in their mind, mm-hmm. you know, their mindset. 
One of them had a lot of self-belief, was empowered, was resilient, was taking accountability, whilst the other wasn't as much. So then I was like, okay, well, the, the, the training isn't just about the training. It's about the mind as well. And then I brought in the second aspect of my coaching, which was the mind, because I was like, it's got to be both in order for someone to get results. So then that worked really well for a while, working with the body and the mind until that day that I stepped on that snail. Like I went through my quarter life crisis and then I started to observe others who were also doing really well, achieving success, right? Getting results in their life. But something was still missing. Mm -hmm. They were maybe unhappy. (laughs) Like think about all the successful millionaires or CEOs or celebrities who have it all. They have the strong mindset. They take action. They're disciplined. They they show up in their life. They get they have the success, but they're miserable. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that was the last pillar that was missing, the pillar of the heart. You know, being connected to our emotions, being connected, and living for something greater than ourselves, having something to live for, the pillar of the heart which in our fast-paced, high-achieving world, that can be the pillar that is most often neglected. Yep. So then that became the backbone of my mentoring. In order for someone to thrive, they've got to take action. They've got to look after their physical health. They've got to actually show up and put in the work. But they've also got to have the mindset to back that work. And then they've also got to have the heart. They've also got to be emotionally developed and spiritually developed as well. The the thriving three, as you describe it, makes so much sense. It's like mind, body, spirit. You see it throughout culture in different ways that people talk about it. And it's it's really thinking about holistically, the approach holistically. It's not just one little piece that we tweak because it's all connected. Yeah. After you started to notice and you bringing these these concepts in, did you start to see the change in the more consistency of the results? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. How I see it was I went from just working at the surface level, just like snorkeling at the surface, and I started to scuba dive with the, my clients, started to go deep below the surface and help them transform at a subconscious level, like at a level that they didn't even know existed, help them transform at the core of who they are and therefore creating a whole different life for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, because that's the thing, our, our life, our external life, our results, it's simply a delayed reflection of who we are on the inside. So when we go to the core of who we are in our mind, body, and heart, all the different dimensions, then that creates a true transformation that actually will last a lifetime, not just a quick fix of a 30-day challenge and before and after photo, and then that's it. So, um, yeah. I started to get feedback that was that went from oh thank you for helping me get a PB in my running race to Trang you've you've changed my life 
my life will never be the same again. And that would move me to tears. Like that is why I do what I do. I got, I got goosebumps, Trang. It's so cool to be able to work with people and help them make such transformations. And, and that's, that's part of shifting in your focus and your mission and what you want to do with the rest of your life. It's so amazing. And I know that there's no quick fix and that it's, it takes time and work and everything. However, I do have a question for you, for my listeners who are listening right now, based on your experience and your work with clients, could you give us a couple things, exercises, focuses that have really moved the needle for them that you can offer as some ideas for our listeners? Yeah, for sure. So like based off the thriving three, the body, mind, and heart, like I said before, I think in our world, especially women who are working professionals, showing up, waking up early, being productive and fitting things into our day is not often, it can be, but not often the, the biggest challenge. The, the biggest challenge is connecting to the heart and connecting to the mind. So what I most often recommend to my clients is practices of connecting to the heart and the mind. And journaling and meditation are two practices that are so powerful. They actually scientifically rewire the brain. They actually change how our brain is um, structured to improve our like our time to react, our time to be able to respond with in in some ways like logic, but in like with more yeah, just like with a, with without like such highs and lows, it, it actually changes how we feel. It changes our physical like physiology, 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 yeah, physiology as well. Like the science show that meditation actually reduces our blood pressure. Like it is insane. And it's so beautiful, the effect of journaling and meditation. And if this is new to you, then I want you to know that it doesn't have to be this woo-woo like concept with your eyes closed, crystals and all of those things. It, it doesn't have to be that. It can just be as simple as sitting for 10 minutes at night before you go to bed Instead of scrolling on your phone, getting out your journal, getting out a pen and just writing out, how do I feel? And you're like, how do I really feel? And sometimes that is all it takes when we, we stop from our busy lives and of distracting ourselves and avoiding our emotions and what's really going on. That can bring up so much. I actually did that early this week. I went camping. And I, yeah, that was like the first time I've stopped for quite a few weeks. And I started to, yeah, feel things that, that came up of, of certain challenges in my life that I've been avoiding. And yeah, I was like crying about it. But it's good because it has to be expressed for me to move through it, for me to face the truth. So yeah, like how do I feel? And, and, and then whatever else it is that you want to journal on, like there are so many different prompts. And be like, how did I show up today that is in alignment to my highest self? 
How can I show up tomorrow that is in alignment to my highest self? What are my core values in life? Like checking in and being aware of, of my, your core values because that's a, a mental thing, knowing what's important to you so that you can follow your, your North Star. Something that I like to do for self-worth, so like mindset, like confidence and overcoming imposter syndrome is writing down a list of 10 reasons that I'm proud of myself and I love myself. I love to do that. And I think that's really important. Writing down what is my, like, what is my purpose? What is the, what is it that I want to leave as a gift on this planet as a result of me living on here? And yeah, there's so many different prompts, but even just like a few minutes can really help to develop that awareness and to shift the internal wirings so that we can create external changes in our life. And meditation is similar, but it's not involving writing anything down. It's sitting, closing our eyes and just being mindful, listening to our body, listening to the world around us being present in that moment. And it can just be a couple of minutes to start. That's how I started. Yeah. I I started too with just five minutes, just like a mindfulness meditation, nothing. I wasn't listening to anything, just being. And yeah. when you first start doing that, it feels like an eternity. And you're like, oh, yeah. Is my five minutes over yet? Because this is a long time just sitting here like, and you're, am I doing this right? All uh-huh. that kind of stuff. Yeah. But it, it, yeah, the the science behind it is so strong around how that does help everything rewire your brain, relax you, and just thinking about taking a break and 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 stepping back and just being with yourself is like is such a big deal for your body. It's crazy. It's really crazy. Uh-huh. Yeah. And like, I think also like, because everyone talks about journaling and meditation and it it is something that is being thrown around a lot. Like it doesn't even have to be every day as well. Like I do want to mention that because I used to think it has to be an everyday practice morning or night. And if we skip it, then we're a bad person. But like it doesn't have to be. That is not the point of these practices. It's not meant to be a chore or a regimented, a regimented thing that we we put in our checklist. It's it's an opportunity for us to slow down, to create space, to connect with ourselves. And if that's a couple of times a week, that's once a week, that is every day, then that is right for you. And it'll change over time as well. Like I go through phases where it is every day because I need it more. Like when I start, when I notice it's it's taking me longer to fall asleep at night, when I start to notice that it's harder to stay asleep, I'm like, okay, I need to be doing this before I sleep instead of scrolling on my phone. And it becomes a daily thing. But then other times where it's not as not as needed, then it's okay for us to go with the flow and for us to not be so static and yeah, I'll do it once a week. So yeah, allow us, allow us the permission to go with the ebbs and flows of what life calls for us. Yes. Yes. I completely 
on that. And don't give yourself another reason to beat yourself up for sure. It's whatever you can do is enough and go from there. So trying, I think we're going to start to wrap up this conversation. Do you have any last closing thoughts to leave our audience on this topic? So many, but ultimately at, at the highest level, what I'd like to say is remember, we have this one life. We have this one life. So why not do everything that we can to create the life of our dreams and to live our best life, our best selves? That's all. It's beautiful. Thank you for that. And if our listeners want to connect with you, check out your work, where can they find you? Sure. I am most active on Instagram. So my Instagram handle is currently Nguyen, T-R-A-N-G-C-E-S-S-N-G-U-Y-E-N. And I say currently because I am actually going to go through a rebrand in the next couple of months. I'm not sure when this episode is going to be out. I'm sure we'll put the latest show notes. In. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that's where I'm most active. I'm on there pretty much every day. I've also got a podcast. I've also got a website. But if you go to my Instagram, everything will be available there. Great, great. We'll make sure to have the, the correct one there. Um, well, thank you so much for your time, your inspiration, your willingness to kind of tell us what happened with you behind the curtain and i know our listeners will have so much to take away from this so thank you yeah thank you laurie i loved this i had a blast awesome bye thank you so much for listening to this episode if you've enjoyed it i would love for you to subscribe if you're already a subscriber don't forget to share the podcast with a friend hope you all have an amazing week Until next time, bye.